On today's episode, Dave interviews Sam Pancake. Sam was in Arrested Development, Will and Grace, Love Spring International, and Kitchen Confidential. He was also in the films Legally Blonde 2, When a Date with Tad Hunter, and A Lot Like Love. Sam wrote Space Station 76, which is being released by Sony in September, and he's a reoccurring character on the internationally popular web series, Where the Bears Are. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I want to just talk about the... The collages, if you can, for a second. Sure. Only because you said, I, I asked you if you had, and we've started. Okay. I asked you if you yes. had uh, uh, them online, and you said you don't. No, I don't. I, like, I've always been fascinated with maps, and some of, my, some of mine have a map background, but they're more jacked up, and some are maps of like a museum, or you know that you get from LACMA, or whatever, mm-hmm. or MoMA, and some of them are, um, I do lots of the little cutting things, but they're more... I'm more abstract. I, I, I'm so uh, just so you know, I've had three hours of sleep, which is bad for me, but good for the podcast because I'm drone on things I shouldn't. The reason I'm asking is this: is lately I've been having conversations with people about self promotion. Yeah. Okay. And the idea that I love it. I love self promotion. I have no problem with it. I oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, well, I, I got through that. I, I went. One of my whole problems in my southern polite, like small townness of never sticking out and never like promoting yourself or plugging yourself or talking about yourself in positive terms at all. Everything has to be real. Like, oh no, me too. I'm terrible. I just can't even do anything. Um, is uh, I got through all that finally. And now, especially with Facebook, that it's so easy. I mean, it was hard back when you had to like you had a show and you had to call fifty people on your list, even before email and everything. Because right. I think you would I remember a time before email did. There was. So um, I, it's so fun and easy now, and people seem to respond to it, and it doesn't bother me. And I have I have a friend who won't listen to this, I'm sure. So I will say he's a photographer, and I every day I'm like, what? He doesn't do anything to promote himself. I mean, he wants to be, he is a wonderful photographer. He won't even, I was like, it's never been easier to promote yourself as a photographer. Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just won't do it. Has had to go to, a middle-aged guy who's had to go to doing, like, uh, well, driving for Uber. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but, like, this is, it's just, like, I, so it's such a perfect example, such a classic example of like, well, rather than promote yourself, because it's all this fear and like, well, I just can't do that. I don't feel comfortable. Oh, so you'd rather, instead of just sitting in your living room on a couch and doing a Tumblr page with all this amazing art and photography you have, you'd rather drive Uber. Um, and it's so great that people can drive Uber, but this is a person, in my opinion, mm-hmm. who could be doing so much more, but his fear of self-promotion keeps him from it. It's not, I don't know, I, I don't know that it's his fear of self-promotion because I think that it's his fear of looking like someone who's not humble, looking like yes. somebody oh, yeah. who has a, a large ego, somebody yes. who is so high on himself, somebody who thinks that yeah. the world rotates around him. Yeah, yeah. But she's, there is some of that in there, but it also is just plain old fear. And it's also not opening – it's vulnerability. It's, it's, it's not wanting to open yourself to the world for criticism or, you know, when he does do little things, if one person says anything negative, he obsesses about it. Right. So there's that too. Right, 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 right. Oh, no, 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 Because no. us as performers, we and comedy people, we get – you know, we – we we're up against the audience all the time. So we're used to it or we know how to deal with it or we have tools in our toolbox and not be like, Oh, one person didn't laugh or one person boot or whatever they do. Like you just move on. Right. And some people don't have that like right. photographers or whatever. Some I think it, it's also a, a cultural thing. The fact that you're, you know, you're saying you're from the South and I believe that there's also people who came up from religious upbringing yeah. who have that seven deadly sins thing going. Yeah. Them, Pride. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The oh, yeah. pride thing is, I, I look at the pride thing and I think, wow, because that, why don't you want to celebrate yourself? Exactly. And why, especially if you're a performer or an artist or creative person, you were given, if you, if say, if you're coming from a religious standpoint, you've been given these gifts from whatever God you believe in, I assume. And why wouldn't you want to share that with the world? And I think so much anger and frustration, and anxiety from so many people, and I've been through this too, is that, that dichotomy of not wanting to do that. And it's, um, it's I, I my even though I'm from a small southern town in West Virginia, my mother was an art teacher and she was also an artist and she was a very humble, very Christian woman and still is. But at the same time, she would put herself in the art show and be happy if she won a prize. 
by the same token, she didn't like us. Like the fact that I'm an actor in Hollywood, not terribly impressive to her. And she gets embarrassed by it, I think, sometimes. I think if I were a handsome, straight leading man, it would be one situation. But because I'm the gay son who sort of like does wacky, kooky roles that she mm-hmm. not, wouldn't necessarily watch or want her friends to watch, it's it's been a it's been a journey. Right. But yeah, but that's the pride thing. But the thing you you learn, I think, in therapy or rehab or wherever you happen to learn it, um, uh, is like there's good pride and bad pride. There's like celebrating yourself, sharing your gifts with the world, which isn't even pride. If you want to go further with it, it's it, some of it, of course, is ego and you have to watch that. But it's the gifts you've been giving and sharing them to help people. I mean, unless you think you're actually actively harming people with your work, <laughs> shouldn't you be happy to share it? I, the idea of sharing pe- sharing to help people that that doesn't occur to me, and it's not to say it, it's a, it's one of the things where I go, oh yeah, yeah. But when we do whatever we do, we are in a way, this is, we are in a way in service. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. And that's where it comes from because I had this big. I mean, I'm, this is like boring. I know, very early, but I'm two years old, coming up on two years sober after mm-hmm. a long time hitting it real hard. And I had this kind of epiphany this this spring where I was like, "What do I really want?" And I'm middle, I'm middle aged, mm-hmm. you know, and um, well over forty. Not well, I'm over forty, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I was like, other than like the, the ego stuff about this career as an actor and a comedian and a performer, like, of course I'd like to, we all would like to win awards. I think, you know, unless we're kind of shitting ourselves, uh, is like, you know, it'd be great to have an ego, uh, ego, EGOT. Yeah. I, I want an EGOT, an Emmy or an Oscar or whatever, right. or just recognition of your peers, however it occurs. Is it EGOT like an ego award? Th- that should be. It kind of I mean, is. I think it's it really funny is. that there's an ego and EGOT. Right. And right. a Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Right. Okay. But you have to have a certain sense of Oscar, uh, ego to get those awards in, in a healthy way, hopefully. Either way, but there's ego there, certainly. But my thing was like, I had to break it on down where like the, the stuff where that was kind of like my ego, what it wanted. And, and, you know, that's fame and like all the stuff from that though. I think you and I are both of an age where like we've known and seen and had our own stuff or seen through friends, like how fame can be a double-edged sword and the crappy side of it and all this other shit. Um, but the thing was, I came, the thing that I came to the realization, which, you know, I'm sure people come to a lot younger if they're not high and drunk a lot is this like, Oh, I have been given these gifts. Pe- the feedback I've gotten is like, I guess I'm a funny guy and I don't, I don't delight myself that much like you know it's mostly from feedback of people saying i'm funny and i'm doing the right thing i guess and i seem to and i make a living at it like that's just i i like say a prayer <laughs> this is so corny i know but like well what are you going to call a prayer whatever you want to call it before i go it's like just let me splash joy and happiness on these people even if i'm playing a dick or a, a really bitchy guy or a, the a villain or whatever just like let's be of service if you will by making people laugh which right. as we know is like you know joy that's right. joy uh, and, and the the important, not the important, the, th- the the shiny objects that arise from that, yeah. that that sentence that you say is let's splash joy, and you go okay, all right, that's a fucking awesome thing right there. Let's splash yeah. joy. So that's and that's kind of what I enter on stage with, especially when I'm is doing comedy. Is that your thing, or is that something else that somebody the, else? You know that's I mean? as far as I know, that okay. came out of my mind. I say splash a lot. Splash is really great, and <laughs> splashing joy it's just, is an awesome. You know, thing. like in most comedy theaters, they're just like, <laughs> right. Especially because the characters I play are pretty splashy, right? Sometimes, but like, yeah, that's just that's how it occurred to me. It's like splashing joy. So I'm just like in a talking to the higher power, or whatever. I was, I can't believe in this guy. Believe me, I never thought I would be sober. I, totally, I never thought I would be in AA. I never thought I would be in the hospital and rehab. But here it is. Well, here but I the am. thing is that how often do we think that we'd be doing anything? Really? <laughs> no, right? And not to say that that you thought well maybe you did i, I mean I, I i i'm 55 you're whatever, whatever number you are younger but, but there was a time certainly when so many gay men were dying that's so david so funny you say that because i was just doing the storytelling thing two weeks ago and i was telling a story about they wanted the theme was like uh, la and gay so i told this is uh, and I was like, well, I'll be the guy. And there were different people telling different experiences, like sexual things. And I'm like, well, I'll talk about, you know, just boil it down to all the being gay and being on TV and the willing, the three willing graces I did. And I told three beginning, middle, end of the stories of working on those and ending up getting stalked by Rip Taylor on the phone. And I was like, and a part of the thing was like, and this is, I'm not pinning this on Rip Taylor. It's not that I actually thought he would be some wonderful role model or mentor for me. But the crew, the audience was like, uh, 
gay, straight, like some of my friends there who are in their 40s, 30s and 40s, and the young, some the guy running it was in his early 20s, gay dude. And I was just I'm like- the, the storytelling. The storytelling okay. evening. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, it's Los Angeles, I'm yours. Uh-huh. Um, now, the story I told, I, it's a podcast also. I said, you cannot, I said, if you want me to really go to town, you can't air my part, which he didn't. Okay. Um, I'll save it for the book. And, uh, but uh, I said, you know, the weird thing is I keep remembering is like when I was in my early 20s, the gay men who were in their 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s were dying or sick. And I had no, I had a couple of men, like my boss, when I worked in casting, when I first got here, still alive. He's in, probably in his seven, about 70 now. He was 50 then. And like, that was the only guy I knew. And he was amazing. He was a wonderful boss. There's a man named Mick Dowd, who, um, who was still cast commercials, and I worked for him as a, as a casting assistant. And he was amazing. Uh, I've been on a couple. Of, uh, you yeah. certainly have. Yeah, and I'm sure I sure I brought you in back in the nineties, yeah. ninety one, ninety seven, and uh, and his partner died. His uh, business and life partner died of AIDS, and 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 my uncle in nineteen ninety died of AIDS, and just like man after man who I knew. And I was like, at the time you're just living your life and you don't realize. And I was, thank God, healthy. And I still am. Thank God. And, and thank God for my friends. I would have lost if they hadn't had these cocktails. Like I would be missing some of my closest friends. Well, I think about the show that we did the other. Oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, and all those people that were, were there. Yeah. Uh, and and looking at that, and I'm I'm sitting back. I'm going, okay, fine. And then looking at somebody like uh, Alexandra Billings. Yes. Saying, yeah. So okay, keep going. Yeah. So you're saying you're looking at all those people that are going. Um, So yeah. So I. But my point in the sort of the thing when I was telling the story, it kind of occurred to me on my on my feet. I was like, you know, I, I. I didn't have these gay role models and I still don't, but I'm like, Oh no, I'm the role model. Not, not that I'm a role model. I That's the bad word, but mentor guy to look up to. Like I sure. try to, and when I did this one man show a couple years ago too, it was a little bit of the theme that kind of started there of like, I didn't have these guys. So I have to be this guy now. Right. If I reach my true middle age, you know, if I'm going to live to, you know, a hundred and I'm um, <laughs> so, uh, fingers crossed, but, um, but that's the thing about like, so, <laughs> the, the other side is like, oh, I need to be a good big brother to these guys and not just try to fuck them. You know, <laughs> it's very interesting because there, if you don't have a role line. model, but yeah. also if you don't have a role model, you don't know how. If there isn't a standard that's already been set up, if there isn't a history that you know about, if yeah. there isn't a history that's a tradition. been set up, exactly. How do you know? Because once you define it, whatever it is, once you define it, it exists. And if it isn't yeah. there to be defined, right. oh yeah, right, right. It How hasn't been you... defined. I don't know what the rules and the and the traditions and all the things are. Right. And also, you're living a very mindful life, and you're right. saying there are people around here that are looking up to me, or just looking. Stop taking a moment and saying, you know what? These people are looking up to me to be to f- for guidance. I don't. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Yeah. The word mentor is such a lovely word. I think yeah. it's a really great word. The word guidance is a really great word too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because just so, there's something so lovely, wonderfully soft about it. Yes, that's true. And like I try to be, and I, the, the relationship to me, I met, I guess because I am a big brother, I have four younger brothers and sisters, and I have an older sister who's a wonderful older sister to me in many ways. Um, I feel like it's more like a big brother thing where like, you know, this this guy that I don't know this well just like was up for a big job, but I was also up for, and this is like progress on my part, my friend. Mm-hmm. And he's very gorgeous, in my opinion, gorgeous guy at 28. And he and I are friends. And he went, he almost got this job that a lot of us went in for, and uh, he didn't at the last second. And it was his first experience with that, where we've been through that, you know, on both sides of that many times. Mm-hmm. And he was, and I was just like kind of, you know, just not counseling, but he wrote to me and I wrote back and I said, you have to remember how amazing this is. You got this far, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So there were people, I guess, that kind of did that for me that were women, frankly, and some men when I was that age, but like there were no gay men that right. did it. And also I had to, I had to clock myself, like I said, on being, because I'm up for the same role sometimes, but, um, and I've actually never been in the closet. So I have some other gay guy friends who are, are, do very well and have won Tony's and this and that and the other. And we were kind of talking about how, there's certain guys that get all the, and this is the pride and ego thing, that get all the awards and like, oh, and of course there's the Neil Patrick Harris's. I don't mean the acting awards. I mean the like, oh, thank you for being out for so long. And oh, your journey. I'm like, and I don't mean NPH. I mean, there's NPH? Neil Patrick Harris. Patrick. But there are so, people sorry. who are celebrated, right. certainly right. Right, rightfully for mm-hmm. his, his work and his talent. But they're... We, because if you're gay, you get invited to, you go to all these benefits and everything. And certain, they have to have a name there to honor 
to do the thing. And you're like, you know, it's easy if you're, it's also easy if you're a millionaire, but if you're Joe Schmo, working class actor, getting by every day, who's never been in the closet, like scrapping, scrapping along, dealing with your problems and, and, and I'm still here, you know, like in follies, that's, that's like, it's, it's obnoxious for me to say, but I'm like, there's a bunch of us guys, not that many, but a few of us guys like that. And like, we don't get the glory. Right. And it's like, and that's fine. And you know, that has to be fine. Cause that's the way it should be. Right. Because back in the day there was, you know, there was, oh man, before Ellen, you know, there was like Jim J. Bullock or other people. I don't even know if Jim J. was actually out, but like there were so few people and now it's, it's more status quo. So, you know, it's, it's just funny to kind of just be, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, I, I've lost my train of thought. Well, well, for, as, as you're going, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, we're talking about role models. We're talking about, uh, uh, who's out there to watch you. But you're also talking about, because as you're saying this, I'm thinking in 15 years for sure. Yeah. What we're talking about, people are going to go, eh. yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Though I tell you something, I was, oh man, I went on a, a thing today and um, this audition, that turned, a meeting that turned out to be a 485 long, minute long improv audition, which, mm-hmm. I, which is fine. Just let me know before I go in. Right. And it was all fine, but like they were, it was weird because I don't know how much to say. I don't know if these people are listening to this, but it's fine. I already spoke to it in the room, but these two women who were running it said, oh, we, this other guy came earlier. And one of the women I knew, one didn't know me. And the woman said, uh, she said, we thought this guy was you. And I saw him from the back. And she's like, I don't think that's Sam. And, she, and he's like, no, you'll know Sam. He's gay. He's obviously gay or something like that. And I'm like, I don't. And I said, am I that? Like, and I come up like, ladies, like hands above shoulders. And I was like, wow, I'm still seen as like, I've played straight guys before. I don't think I'm just jumping in the room and flaming or whatever that means. It, it's just so weird. And then we, she, the, me and the, I gave them a little mini education on like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's funny in my journey through the years, how it used to be like, you're too gay for these things and you go in for things and you're not gay enough. They want you to be, because there was a conversation about like, be, they want like the Jack and Will and Grace, which is such kind of a dated thing. Like be more like Sean's character. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, <laughs> which was fine but it's and and i know sean well and we're good friends and we've had a lot of conversations about this but it was I, it was still kind of a weird conversation to be having in a room in 2014 right. and it was all fine because in this situation this thing they're looking for in this project like i guess they want a gay guy who who and i kept saying i kept saying do you want me to be i'm just going to be me at the end of the day i'm like i'm just going to be me anyway and i don't know what that comes across as like no no no, just be you just be you but i kind of i was stung by the like he's obviously gay or whatever term they use something like that and i was kind of like what like you could tell from my back how gay i am and even that i was one to be like ladies it's not cool to say that like oh he's it's like that he's blackety black that or whatever but as you're talking about that i'm thinking uh, let's see, this is 2014, let's say 1985, <laughs> when some, a black guy would come in yeah. and they would say the same thing yeah. where they would say, okay, you know, you, we want you to be more, we want you to be black, but They would black. say, when I did casting, the thing that they would say was, because they would come down through the breakdowns for the commercial thing, like they want him to be really, you know, urban or whatever. Right. And, right. The, and the African-Americans that would come in, we would say like, this is so gross, but they're like, oh, give it some flavor. I'm like, yes, give it some flavor. Give it so some like, flavor. Oh, you know, or that sounds more more gay, man. But right. like, you know, like well, it sounds like black woman. I'm a black woman, exactly. Yeah. Well, gay, yeah. gay men and black women. Yeah. And um, so uh, not to reduce anyone to a stereotype. But that's interesting. Everyone. Is there that Venn diagram where gay, 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 gay men and black women they do cross over? Well, there is that, but there's also a big controversy about that because Perez Hilton put up something about that, like every gay man has a black woman inside and black women were like, oh, don't you reduce us to that. Like, right. there's a whole Twitter conversation well, in which I stay really, out of. Shit is, like, clarifying right now. Yeah. It's an amazing time right it now. It really and is. anybody that doesn't see that, you know, again, 15 years from now, you can go, it, it's, it's, it's passe, but right now we got to go, fucking stuff is happening. Dude, I, it's like, it, it, or it's happened. Speaking of the last 15 years, like, I cannot believe, so, so grateful with gay marriage, black president, all that stuff in my little life, I didn't think I'd see. Especially coming up from where you, growing oh up, my God, you know, where yes. you grew up. Yes, in the like, middle of, all that stuff. One Stoplight County, West Virginia. Yeah, oh my God. Right? And the fact that I can just be gay and dude, whatever, and guys, that was the other thing my reason, I was going to say about these younger gay guys, because even the, in the mid to late 90s, I remember having these younger friends, it'd be like, you know, came out at 16, 
parents still love them, like the opposite of my experience and not the opposite, but far from my experience. But it was just like, oh, lucky you. It must, yeah, it's easy for you to prance along in your new life that I laid the tracks for. But you know what? You can't be that guy because you're just an asshole. No, that's the guy who says, get off my fucking lawn. Yeah. Your music is right. noise. Yeah, exactly. And all that. And it's so, it's, for me, I feel, I, I, your what, music is noise. Your music is noise. That's not music. <laughs> and, and to, Oh, it's so easy to be so me and to say, oh, I'm just so tolerant of everybody. But there's certain people that maybe go, what the fuck is wrong with you? And so I, I, I would love to be more tolerant, but I also feel like if it's not, if it's, if it, if it wasn't for people saying this isn't right, nothing would fucking change. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole thing they're having now. And I don't want to get into it too much because I can't speak to it intelligently and articulately enough that RuPaul is going through with the word tranny and how these some tranny and I, I just listened to that Mark Marion interview with him and my friend Johnny McGovern's interview with him on his show. And it was just, there's so much there, but, but the bottom you call line, RuPaul him. I did because I was picturing him as in a suit, which he was you know, on my friend show her. Him, I think of it as him. I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering. That's all. I just heard it, and I'm just. Yeah, I think of it was like her. I don't know. It's kind of you can do it either or, I guess. Okay. But when I, it's funny. I, that's funny. You should pick up on that because I was picturing him on my friend's show or sitting in Mark's garage, and I was picturing him dressed as a dude. So I said, got it. Okay. But my friend Jackie Beat, who's a, who you know, Jackie. Yes. Like Jackie, even as a guy, we say her and she. Right. And it has nothing to do with. I don't know. Isn't that interesting? That's another part of the interesting times we're in. But the people that were angry about the tranny thing, there is that situation where like a minority and I'm, I love RuPaul and everything he said, and I totally understand that. But there is that aspect also of, uh, a a minority, even a small self-declared subculture minority. And I don't think these people handled it right, but they you they get to pick what you they're they are called you know they get to be what they're yeah, called yeah yeah like like you know I could call like I don't, I never use this word but call my friend a faggot which I would never do but like you know I guess that's a bad example because that's just an ugly word I never need to hear but again. the thing is it, but but it's like we faggots are we're, you know us faggots <laughs> yeah. are, you know like that yeah that, but that's exactly not, but that's yeah. not something that you haven't that's something that you've heard yeah exactly and like I know it comes from love and right. all that stuff but it's also. It, it happens in a room like this apartment. Exactly. It doesn't happen yeah. on the Tonys. Right. <laughs> no, it does not. And Or being screened from a car, you know, or whatever. Right. Where other places it still happens. Same with a lot of words. There's, so it's interesting. It's interesting. It is clarifying. You're right. Everything's getting very clarified. I, I, I also think, and I've been talking about this a lot lately, this, to be present with the words that you're using, to be mindful of yeah. the words that you're using. It's, it's a class act. Today, I That's mentioned so it just true. today, yeah. uh, Pat Town was here this morning. and I Patrick was talking, Town. Patrick dear, Town. My dear Patrick Lyle. Town. And we were talking about everybody using this modification. And somebody said it was kind of fantastic. And I went, what's kind of fantastic mean? Why are you saying kind of fantastic? I think right now, to be mindful of the way that we're speaking and to be aware of it and the power of the words. Yeah. And we're living in a time where everything is at our fingertips and we could do whatever we could do whatever the fuck we want to do right now. I I think I yeah. think we're close. I do too. I mean especially when you're our age-ish and you look back on the past 20, 30, 40 years and how wildly different things are and it tells how it accelerates like I just got a new phone and I was like and it's my last phone, phone was our uh-huh. this phone and like it's a 5S and it's not even the latest. It's just it's it'll be obviously in 2 months. But like it was so much further along than my last phone, which already felt like I was living with robots in the future, making love to, you know, to, at Logan's Run somewhere. Right. But, like, it's so crazy that I still can't, and I love it. This phone, I never thought I would love a phone so much. I, I, I have one. I have the exact phone in white. I love it so much. <laughs> I can't take it. It's the same phone. And I look at that, and, and that's another thing where we're able to audition, a uh, voiceover audition on the phone. We're able to take a photograph, a movie. Oh I'm in God. Hawaii, and I'm beaming movies out Dave, of the Dave, remember having universe. to get your sides faxed to you, and you didn't have a fax. You had to go to your manager's office and pick them up on the doorstep? Right. Oh, my or God. You got a, or how exciting this was that doesn't happen anymore. You get, booked on a, you get booked on a sitcom, and somebody comes by in the morning and drops a package up downstairs. Yes. Of yes. the script. That. Yeah. I missed. That That's, was yes. lovely. I think they sometimes they will still do that for They'll you if you ask them to. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, God. I think the last couple of sitcoms I did, and they didn't do that. But right. I think if you ask them to, they would. 
There's something, but I do miss that. There's something lovely about that too. But but I, I, I also think that there are a lot of people, and I, I think about Drew. Yeah. And I think about Drew and I know that there's a group like uh, you guys, there's a group of you, y'all that do these little shorts that you send out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Drew does a lot more than I do on the internet. He's kind of an, Drew, Dro- uh, Drew Drogi. I sometimes mm-hmm. comedy partner and dear friend who I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Some of the best people I've ever known in my life mm-hmm. and one of the funniest and smartest. Um, he does a lot of the internet stuff. That's the thing about that's funny too, speaking of technology, like a lot of my stuff that I did in the 90s, probably back when we first met with with Pat Town, like in Margot's Bush, that group right, we had. Right, And other things. And, and like when we did Foxes and uh, St. Elmo's Fire and stuff, it was all right before YouTube. And I remember at the very end, like 99, 2000, trying to figure out how to get this on the internet. And we kind of missed all that. God, I would have loved to put some of that stuff up on the internet so we kind of all miss that so i was never and i've done how many fucking web series have i done and can i curse on your show yeah yeah um just so many things but drew and his friends and i've done some of them but they are more actively just doing internet crazy fun uh you know attention getting internet stuff right. i mean everyone's doing internet stuff but they really get attention and drew just like it's it's been interesting to observe his career, and he's now moved on to like getting like this movie. I, I can't I can't talk about it because he can't even talk about the movie he's doing now uh-huh. for Pat him out right up the street and um and all this other stuff he's getting and just watching the transition because I'm older than him than he I, I am he feels like completely my peer and equal in so many ways. But I'm year in years wise I'm older than that guy uh-huh. and like looking at him come along and it's just but not that much younger you know right. so it's interesting just that 10 years ish range of like oh my god how things have changed and different you know and we go in for some of the same things but he gets his own stuff it's been just a really fun interesting thing to uh, observe and thank god I love him you right. know or I'd want to kill the motherfucker right oh no I get it I get it where you look at you go god damn you god damn you uh, I also think that uh, it also gets me where I I've mentioned this before in podcast. There was a woman who I overheard saying, "I'm 48 or I'm 50 or whatever it's going to be, and there aren't any good parts for women anymore, so I'm just giving up." And I want to go shut the crazy. fuck the fuck up. I think I know who you're talking about somebody it, wrote a book. I don't know that somebody wrote a book, oh, okay. I, I, but this is just a woman that I overheard talking. Oh, oh, oh I see. Okay. I just overheard that her talking. Makes me, it's so funny because that makes me crazy. And of course, we're not women; we can't speak to her from inside the experience. But every single show that I love on TV is like Nurse Jackie. I'm obsessed with Edie mm-hmm. Falco. Is I don't know. She's in her 40s. You know, she's coming up on 50, I would say. She must. And that paradigm of, like, and just think of back when it was sort of like, like Julie Dreyfus on Veep, and it was mm-hmm. like Laura Linney, the big C. And, and yeah, there, there were stars already, but this stuff wasn't around 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Television is like wonderland for women now. And I think that I, I, there's someone else who I'm not going to say the name of who also is kind of, who's having this, uh, kind of wrote a book about turning 50 and stuff, and and just about how, uh, lovely person who I know, but like the whole thing kind of bugs me. It's like I, I'm not. It's not too far away for me that number, and I'm not gonna. Nothing's gonna change other than I hope I feel better than ever, you know, and just feeling great and just that and, and this whole thing. It's, it's like it doesn't. And I haven't read the book, and I am kind of just like don't read the fucking book. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't give it any energy, but like it's just the thing of like. Oh, you're going to keep like reinforcing this paradigm That's of like exactly this is how it. things but are. What you're saying, she's reinforcing that paradigm for herself. E- exactly, and she's right. how she's making money, and she's somebody who's an actress. She's not. Wait, do you say she is making money? She's not making. I don't know. Right. I, 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 off the book, I don't know, but no, that's like the shtick is like, oh no, I'm right. We'll talk about it after the podcast. I'll tell you my experience with it. But like, it's just, it's just to say it's a situation where I don't think you're helping yourself any or your and, people. And I also believe that who wants to fucking work, give that person some work? Because you know you hire her on set. She's going to go, finally. Yeah. Great. Okay, right. I worked this long and I'm going to get this dreck. Yeah. And you go like, I, that's, the, that is, that's the power of manifestation that's right so there. That's so true. And yeah. to look at that and go, okay, if you say, I will never work, and then somebody gives you work, you're making me turn out to be an asshole for uh, giving you fucking work. Uh, yeah, right. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And like, I also, I guess it's, if you're a pretty lady uh, and you are kind of like a lot of your stuff is about your looks and everything, uh, it is a different world than character guys, you right. know, who just get been scrapping along all the time and getting right. these like really, mostly really fun or smaller or large parts, you know, along the way and not having to worry about our looks. Right. And that, that is a different experience, I'm sure. But it's just like, I don't know, just not owning your power being like, fuck it, I'm 50 and I'm going to work till I fucking drop. That's owning what I say. your power. What a great phrase that is. Own your power. Because yeah. at that moment, the moment you say own your power, there's that, yeah. within that sentence is, I have power. I do have power. And the thing is like, I mean, come the fuck on. We are... <laughs> 
<laughs> I've wrestled with my male entitlement, my white person entitlement, and my, and my, uh, well, those are the two big ones, male and white entitlement, like spending so much of my childhood being like, oh, I'm a victim because I'm secretly gay. And that's like, oh, no, no, there's so much of me that's so fucking entitled. And you know what? That's not awesome in a lot of ways, but at the same time, own your fucking power and don't right. be a victim about it. Because I'm so much luckier and more fortunate than so many people. And I, don't, I say that with no joy. I say that with appreciation of what exactly. I have, but, you know? And, and, and I, gratitude, think gratitude, I say it with gratitude. Right. You know? And that's a huge thing right there. And then take responsibility and try to, you know, I, I do, oh, it sounds like obnoxious to say, but I do things in my life in terms of helping others. And I, which I think you Why do. would that be obnoxious? Because really, it goes back to the, the idea of you being a role model, where people are oh, listening to what you're yeah. saying. Well, I'll tell you and, something then. That's good, because I have this, I have people, my friends, because I started, even before I got sober, I was like, I have too much time on my hands. I want to help people. Everyone in my family, they're professors, writers, social workers, um, my father was a minister, like being of service teachers. teachers. My mother was a teacher right. is being of service to others. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I always felt I was lacking. And I was like, I don't have enough money to do that. And I was like, finally figured it out. I don't now, have enough money. to do I, that. I don't have enough money. Cause I have to scrap through every day and try to get work. Like uh -huh. how many days was I like hung over all day right. doing no good for anyone right. or just like running around. I don't know, having coffee and hanging out with friends or going into the movies. And I figured out now, Again, we've all done like we did the other night on that reading. We've done benefits. I've done, right. I do that all the time. That's so much fun. I don't even think of it as being charity worker or, do, or to be in service or to be of service at all. It's just like it's I get served. I right. get served. Mm -hmm. So but I do this thing. And I, I should talk about this. I do this work, this program called School on Wheels. It's a tutoring program for homeless or in transition kids. And I've been doing it for three years now. And I do What's in transition in transition means because you don't necessarily want to use the word homeless. Got it. Never oh, to the children. Got it. So um, wait, I'm sorry. Let me just wrap my head around that because that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Not because, in transition as in transgender. No, I understand yeah. that. I understand that. I understand that. Because when you said that, I was like, whoa, whoa. Um, but it made me. It makes me think about homeless means where's your where's your prospects? Yeah. What's in next? transition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. transition means. It's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's much more hopeful. Okay. And uh, and often these kids do find a place. I the, the kids that I tutor, I luckily are amazing and funny, and I just enjoy spending time with them. And um, it's called School on Wheels. You can look it up. I The training and, and the orientation, every time I put something up on Facebook, and it's rare because I'm not being like, honk, honk, look at me. But I was like, hey, this is the organization I work with if, you, if you're interested. And people are like, oh, if only I had time. And I'm like, you have fucking time. Right. I know your schedule, honey. Right. You got time. Right. That's that's what bothers me, and that's a, not my place to say to people, so I don't. But the training and orientation is just a few hours, and there's a background check because, of course, you can't be some you know horrible pervert. But um, it, but it's real. It's you can do an hour or more a week, and it's just like it's an hour and your your and your uh, commute time. And I do one at Silver Lake, and it's really fun and easy. And I was I'm still baffled by sixth grade mathematics, right. but thank God my student is not because he's better at it than I am. So we just work on language arts, English, spelling, reading. Right. So it's it's been amazing. And I and I just it's so funny with these certain friends like this one I was talking about. And I don't mean to bash on the guy because he's lovely in a million different ways, but. He is someone who just like is such a victim about all oh, this life isn't working out. How old is he? He's he's coming up on fifty. Uh -huh. Like I'm in my late forties, so is he. And we're, we're right around the same age. And he, it's just a thing of like, if not now, when? And and I managed to do this when I was drinking too much. You know, like it, it's. You know, that's not a good pitch. My point is like, this isn't something I started after I got sober. It's like, I want to help people. I was like something that I knew was the right thing to do after, a f you know, a few years of like doing lots of fun charity stuff. But like, right. you know, I want to actively be one on one with someone and, and try to make a difference in the world by one kid at a time, you know, because I get overwhelmed by everything else politically. That was the other thing that brought me there was like, if I can focus my do gooding I'll vote the right way. I'll support the causes I support, et cetera, et cetera, from a very staunch Democratic family, always has been. God bless my parents for that. At least they got that in West Virginia. They do. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I finally, what was my point? Where I finally was like, I, if I can just focus my energy on helping this one or, these one or two kids every week, that will relieve me of being worried about the politics, worldwide politics, third world, climate change, all this stuff every day. Right. That's how I focus my my um, anxiety about that stuff. So it's the, that it helps me in that way. Well, it's that idea of if you want to, uh, uh, what's that? What's that word? If you, that phrase? If you want to make a global change, 
work oh, yeah. locally. Yeah, yeah, think globally, act locally. Exactly. So yeah, it is that. It is right. that. So that's and, what I'm trying and, to do. And it's those little things. And so when you said, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, and I get this too, you don't want to put it on Facebook because it seems like you're tooting your own horn. But what's really happening though, isn't that you're tooting your own horn because that's con that's your own concept. But what you're doing yeah. is you're letting the universe know you're le not the universe. You're letting people and the universe know yeah. <laughs> that you're doing this. So when somebody else says, "What is there?" Oh, I know, Sam did that. Yeah, because I found out about it from a friend on on Facebook too. Right. And uh, and I was like, "Oh, this is doable." But how many people that do we that we know who? Uh, it's an unknowable number, but how many people that we know aren't putting what they're doing out there because they're feeling like, I don't want to toot my own horn, yeah, where right. I want to go fucking toot, toot it, away. Yeah, yeah. Toot it, toot Honk it up, it. right? Yes, to go back to your self-promotion thing. So that's true. That's an interesting way to look at it. And I, I try to pick my moments in it, and maybe I should uh, should promote it more. Um, but what, the thing I was going to say about this, it, it just the aspect that I was going to say about this friend of mine who is like such a, I feel such a victim about, oh, you know, life is not working out. I would never, I can't have time to, or a week to do volunteer work. I'm like, if you would take your mind off yourself and your problems and all this crap and stop being a victim and help someone, things will sh begin to shift then. It's you interesting, know? right, because what he's doing is he's living in the past with like, like yeah. spending time with, why didn't I do that? Why couldn't I do that? He's living in the future of expectations that aren't going to happen. But what ends up happening is when you do that volunteer work, you're dealing in the moment with the moment right at that yes, moment. Absolutely. And, right. Even when you're afraid, because I've been there, like even if I don't know how I'm paying the rent next month, Right. That doesn't take anything away from me being able to help this kid out for an hour every week. Right. You know? Right. Down the, like literally down the street in Silver Lake. It's so, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Well, the idea, also the idea of that, that notion of the victim, the victim. I'm so tired of it. I'm not going to mm. let anybody fucking get away with it. <laughs> no, I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I don't let people get away with it in my classes where Good, I'm saying, oh, yeah. oh, in their improv scenes, I'm like, fucking knock it the fuck off. Because. It, at this moment, you could change this character. Let's say you're an improv scene. Yeah. At this moment, you change this character's life. And when you change that character's life, something kinesthetic happens within your system where you're going, wait a minute, I think I might be able to do that in my life too. It's the oh, idea wow. of empowerment and embracing your God, power. Think about that. That's good. Right? Yeah. Fuck like, yeah. At that moment, because what's happening is, what wow. is that That muscle memory or something like uh -huh. that? When, when, something, when somebody does something... And you feel it, and you feel it. You go, I, it, it feels as if you did it too. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that's why acting can be, not supposed to be therapeutic, but it can be very cathartic well, you know, I, in many ways. I think it's very. I think it's very cathartic. I think it's very therapeutic. Yeah, I do too. But, but I, feel, I feel like so many people are taking the bullshit that they have in their lives and saying, I want to show you what I've been through as opposed to saying, oh, yeah. as opposed to saying I want to show you what I want. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. I Drew often says, like, in situations that doesn't even, and I've learned this, learned a lot from him, too, in situations that it's not even occurring to me that someone's being a victim, like, don't be a victim, which is, it's, it's, it's all the time. It's all the time, especially people who pretend like they didn't know what arena they stepped into when they stepped into Hollywood and acting and everything. Right. And are being a victim about not getting what they want or not. You know, and of course, we can spin many comedy yarns about the way, like this audition I had today, and there's a whole bunch of things. But I know what I signed on for. Right. I ain't no victim. And here's another thing. You know what you signed on for, and this is part of it. Yes. And I think that, that and I, I think I mentioned this before, the moment that you cross the border, whether you drive here or you get off at LAX, whatever the fuck port you come into, yeah. someone's going to say, what do you want to do? You want to be an actor? Come this way. I want to tell you something. There's this word called expectations. Fuck them. Fuck <laughs> them with your fucking expectations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because let's talk about all these famous people that you know and where they started like Cary Grant was supposed to be a truck driver or something like <laughs> right, that yeah, right yeah, yeah. you know and all these people that were doing all these other bullshit things yeah. and Cary Grant became Cary Grant it wasn't yeah. he was born Cary Grant he's Archibald Leach as a matter of fact exactly and that sort of thing where you go what is it who is it that you are and we know I mean you look at Sean Hayes I look yeah. at the people that I know you know certainly Nia but also yeah, yeah. uh, uh uh, Carell and Colbert, I talk about them a sure, lot. Right, the idea right. of looking at those guys and saying... Oh my saying, God, that's right, you came up with all them. Right. Oh, Jesus. And like, like, like looking at those guys and saying... Like Carell was sitting in this chair for, for an interview and I remember him telling me years ago that when he was 
he said, I'm going to go to law school. And his folks said, whatever you want to fucking do, you go to law school. And then when he was, when push came to shove, he's like, I don't want to go to law school. And his dad <laughs> yeah. said, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to be an actor. And his dad goes, then fuck law school. Let's oh, good. see what do to help you do that. The Corellis. He's, right. he's a Corelli, right? I don't know. Or something like that. Something Caricelli Italian. or something. Caricelli. Like I don't know. But, Italian. But, but you look at that and you go, why can't? Because you can be an unsuccessful lawyer just as you can be an unsuccessful actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be an unsuccessful. You can be unsuccessful at whatever the fuck you want to do. So as long as we're going to be here, let's say, what do you want to do? Yeah. Did you go to college? I did. I went to West. I went to West Virginia University, which surprisingly um, had a really. There's going good to be a little dog coming in here dog. in a moment. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. <laughs> which it had a really pretty good conservatory theater training program, mm -hmm. but it was for the stage. And father to become you know a wonderful regional theater actor, and then I came, when I got here, I I really it was weird how I kind of found my way into sketch and improv land because I didn't really have a plan. I had literally the old. How did you feel about not having a plan? I felt good. I, I wanted to, that was the good news about living in West Virginia, being a gay guy, feeling you know that I might get killed if I stayed there. Mm -hmm. And then I was in South Carolina after that for a year and a half for no real good reason other than to, like have a good time, and that catapulted me into LA but the first time I visited LA was, here we go hello this is, this is Chips hi Chips you chips. Are, could not be more adorable right Chips is awesome you are absolutely awesome. gorgeous right sweet right? little angel you are an angel hi beautiful girl is she a neighbor lady yeah she's my neighbor oh, lady oh nice um, so South Carolina South Carolina I was I was I'd done this extra work for a, a solid summer on this movie called Shag and made friends who I have in my life to this day mm -hmm. and I I remember I drove out here. I had one friend from college, a girlfriend that lived here. I had 200 bucks. I drove cross country in my Chevy Citation. And I got here at the end of 87. And I... That's uh, right. You've been out here for so oh, long. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I shouldn't even admit to it, but whatever. Um, that was another thing they said today at this audition. Don't reference your age. I'm like, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, don't worry. So, um, uh so and then I slept in the friends. It's a, six weeks on uh, a mattress in her living room in like Westwood, and I worked at Johnny Rockets, and I finally got a, a roommate. And just like everything was sort of, and I look back at it now, and it was kind of amazing that things did happen. Of course, then it felt like nothing was ever happening ever. Right. But when I look back and like you know, I got my SAG card within the first year and a half, right. and I got my first international international. Listen to me, international. My first national commercial, like. Uh -huh. By like by like eighty nine, right? Sad car by eighty nine, first commercial ninety. Still managed to work a lot, and then to manage to do enough commercials back when it was booming in the in the nineties. Right. So I stopped working and casting in ninety seven, and then was an act has been an actor for better or worse. I've been an actor ever since, except for a brief period bar backing at my friend's bar after the commercial strike of two thousand, which right. was so sucked. But like so looking back, so I know how lucky I am, especially being and I'll 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 hand it to myself, an out gay actor who just took whatever came along or an audition my ass off. Right. I had many disappointments and pilots that didn't go and series that got canceled. And, you know, that's when I was saying but earlier. You were, you, were, you were afforded the auditions to yeah, do the pilots and to get the pilots and the pilots didn't go and all that shit. Yeah. And looking at them going, really? <laughs> yeah. I remember like, look, I, no, not remember. I look back now. I found one of my old postcards. I put on Facebook of like the first it. guest star I had. Yeah. And I was like, what did those manager ladies, those nice ladies, my nice agent lady, and these people that were so good to me, what do they see in me with this crazy last name? And I, and I was so not good. Like, I, I mean, I was fine. I, I gave right. books stuff, but like, I, of course, hopefully I'm better now, but like, it's we all say that if I knew then what I knew now, but like God bless them. Like it was it was kind of a magical. My sister Laura, who who lives here also, who moved here from West Virginia, got married, has kids. She's a social worker. Uh -huh. she, well, she now runs helps run a mental health agency in LA and Ventura County. But she's amazing. But she was always called the charmed life of Sam Pancake. She always has called it that. And I'm like, yeah, I charmed my way to, to the detox ward at Glendale <laughs> Venice. Thing, but um, it's kind of true. And I don't know if that's the good part of having a silly name, but like, I, you know what, Dave? I came here to fucking have fun. Right. I didn't want that dark, and this is nothing against West Virginia, but like this dark, to me, dark, sad, boring <laughs> place where it's great if you want to farm and hunt and fish and camp and, and be a redneck and NASCAR and all that stuff. And there, of course, there are people there who are not like that, but I'm talking about the 60s and 70s. Right. 
West Virginia I grew up in, right. which was terrifying for a little boy who knew he was gay real early and being like, oh shit, this ain't gonna, this ain't gonna fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get out, be where I would be safe, maybe meet a boyfriend and fucking have fun. And so looking back, I, my only plan was like, well, let's see what happens. I got nothing to lose. That's why I tell people when people ask my advice, like, I mean, younger people from back there or that I run into when I'm back east or, or, or people who people, young people come out. And they're like, oh, call Sam, it's a cousin of a cousin. And I said, come here as soon as you can, like go through school. Go through college, get as much training as you can. Come here, remain, tra- continue your training. Somehow, hopefully, you'll find someone who's not a complete jackass. They're going to rip you off because there's a lot of actors looking to make money off of other actors. And I and just start your web series, start writing for yourself, and you know, just start it early and get it out of your system. And you'll know early if it doesn't take. Right. And then you won't live this life of quiet desperation and remorse and regret. There will be, but but if that doesn't take, that doesn't mean that your life is over. What it no. means is something else is taken. Exactly. And the idea of this woman who's fifty years old saying, "Oh my God, there's nothing left for me." I want to go. R- really? Because right now you're bitching. You can do a movie about your bitching. Yeah. You can do a one-person show about your bitching, and somebody will fucking go. You know what? I'm bitching too. Yeah. Let's. I want to watch somebody eloquently yeah. bitch. Which is probably what that this the impetus for all that came out of, I guess. But um, yeah. But that's true. But I, it's there are good parts for women over forty and fifty now, and there kind of didn't used to be, I guess. I don't know. What do I? Know? I also think. I also think that. That we live uh, going back to the to to the to the iPhone five S. If you want to fucking do something, do it. Yeah. What you what do you want to do? You. Yeah. Don't be a victim. Do it. Don't be a victim because and 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 this idea of like I was born I was born you know fuck I was born uh, to suffer or I was yeah. born a failure or I was born to be imperfect. Or my like, parents did such fuck. a number on me I'll never get over. Oh it. my god, that crap. Yeah. Do group therapy at rehab? Oh my god! And some people have. I mean, I have. I have. Do you had point? A do you life. point to any of those people? Your family members? You know what I mean? Not not those people in the circle. Because when I go oh. to therapy, I never. This is just me. I don't ever talk about my dad or my mom. Not oh, because, no, no, because no, they no. have nothing to no. do with where I am. Absolutely right now. not. No, no, no. And I know that now. And I've always had a thing. Like, if over 30, you're not allowed to blame your parents anymore. I also don't believe in shy. I'm sick of people who just have bad manners and they call it shy. Um, that's a different story. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm starting up therapy again next week. But like, no, I don't. I discuss the way things were with people and how their behaviors things that I observed or it may have impacted me, but I don't, I'm never the victim of it. I know that I have free will, you know, and I am responsible for my life and all my choices. I didn't think I was responsible for my choices until probably 15. It took me a while to get that. Like, I I guess I was in my twenties when I kind of got that, like, Oh, I'm responsible for all this. Nothing's being done to me. It may feel that way. And that, that experience right there to say, Oh my God, nothing's being done to you. But when I hear people say, you are making me feel blank. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not. No, 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 no. No. I mean, it used to be so reactive. You just can't be reactive. And I see, I see that a lot in people in my life where I'm like, stop being so fucking reactive. Reactive meaning what? Meaning like you, you're not running your show. Like you're like oh my god i can't believe you said that or like this person's making me crazier i can't even walk through this room without people like coming at me or like just all that stuff you know that's 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 i say to my friends i say to drew and other friends like you know can we help we got to help raise the children it's, it's kind of my term for like these young gay or otherwise but mostly these gay boys we know they're like like i've had to pull these guys aside who i know so let me spit across the room socially who I, this one guy said something to me about a pilot that I was in, that, a series that I was in, and this young kid, cocky, good guy, talented, was like, oh my God, that was, he kind of went off to me about how bad the show was and how to do that. I was like, let me, let me, let me explain to you how to talk to actors about their work in this town. Because what you just did, I get it, you don't know any better, and you're young, and you're cocky, and you think you're, and you're full of yourself. But like, I, I'm lucky to work. We right. all are. Right. I, I, there's an offer. Um, that means I didn't have to audition. It was someone who's been very good to me in the past, a showrunner. This I worked with this director who was I did this with. This is how this has happened. It was a wonderful experience to me. I don't give a shit what you think about the work or the show. Or me. Or or me. I said so and it's like and I and I did this all with love with him and I knew and, and I was really gentle about it and, and funny, but I said, just so you know, that's not the way to talk to working actors or stars or whatever you want anyone about their work. Because you have no idea what it took to get there and and what else did I say to him? But I just, cause I wish someone had said that to me and I wasn't being a dick about it. And we are friends, but like, I just had to, cause I've had people say that before. Like, and I when maybe when I was a little more like, 
victimy about stuff. Just in terms of like getting an amazing job that I thought and having bitchy people come up and jealous or whatever they're wherever they're coming from, like, oh my God, it's that show. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm like, what? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I've cut right. people I, I I've cut people out of my life who behave that way. Not people who I was close to, like I mean acquaintances or people who are trying to be better friends with me or who wanted to work with me or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't want to be around you. It's not just and, and as you're saying this, I'm thinking it's not just about the industry. It's about those people saying uh, about life in general. Like, like, uh, how, how is it that you're going out with that person? Or how do you live in that place? Yeah. Or whatever it's going to be like all that. Go, yeah. Right? Like all that stuff. Well, it's taken me a while. And I, and I keep telling I, I have to do this to my siblings too. Like I, we have to train our parents how to talk to us. Right. I had to train my mother what is the appropriate thing to say to me after she's seen me on TV, right. or when I share something good with her because she doesn't know, and that's another problem. But like she just never. I, I, you you say I'm proud of you and I love you, right? And that's great, right? And that's it. That's and it. they finally got that. For the most part, it goes in and out. And then my mother, that's a whole other story. She can be really more like a sibling in terms of jealousy and saying bitchy things to us, which is bizarre. It's like, well, we're your children. Jealous, be proud of us, maybe? But if you're mark? a jealous person, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be a firewall up of who you are jealous of. That's true. Especially if you're just unhappy. Right. Because the jealousy... And a victim already right, of whatever. Of your saying, well, and it's, and it's all, pardon me, it's all about living in lack. The idea mm-hmm. that there isn't yes. enough for everyone. everybody. Yes, absolutely. And when I look at my parents and, and, and I look at my mother, we're talking about being in therapy, I, I use both of my parents in many ways as exactly how not to be. While appreciating and being grateful for all they've given me, because the good thing about having disinterested wasp parents is they don't stand in your way. Right. They pay for college and say, okay, you're on your own, mm-hmm. but you always were. Right. <laughs> Emotionally, anyway. Um, so that's the good news. The bad news, the, the other, the other note, the other good news is, <laughs> I know how not. I know exactly what how. I know exactly how not to be because of my father. I know the aspects of him, of his personality, how not to be, and with my mother. I was like, I don't want to be that victim. Um, right. But I. But in general, to say like we train our parents to talk to us, we train our friends to talk to us that right. way, and it takes some balls sometimes, especially for someone like me who wants. To, I have a people pleasing as part of my disease. I want people to like me. I want to, and all that. I've been through therapy. All that comes from like being the little gay boy who wanted to be liked, so he wouldn't be killed, you know, and all that shit. And just like I want people to like me, and me. The struggle with me is finding my voice. And my the, the balance in my voice, rather, of like speaking to my needs, telling, training, you know, asking people how to speak to me, making requests in life, and also not being a victim in terms of like this guy doesn't like me and fuck him or being bitchy about someone because I can be fucking bitchy and I really have to watch it, and I can be two faced and I can like you know you have your. I have this friend who I was talking about earlier, who's a photographer, but I'm like, I feel bad. I said that about him because it, but it just annoys me. And I have to look at what is annoying me about him and the way he's running his life. What's annoying is I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. After 20 years of friendship, right. get your shit together. Right. I have told you, everyone's told you a million things to do. Right. And you don't, and you continue to not to not do it. Like right. even the simplest of self-help things, which Believe in it or not, don't believe in it. Just do it like I did in 1996. And I, before I knew it, I wasn't having to work at a day job anymore. What more proof do you need? Right. Like, but we all reach that point when we reach that point. You know what I mean? That's we so reach true. That Absolutely. Point when we reach that point. You can't force them. And, 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 and you're telling this kid how to, how to speak to actors doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do that. Right, exactly. Forward, Absolutely. But it, but it goes back and it goes into the inventory. Your friend at some point is going to hear it. Yeah, and understand it, hopefully. It, hear it and understand it. Hear it and do something about it. Hear it and do nothing about it. Or he'll hear it. But I feel but everybody, I, I've taken the responsibility for like telling him my piece in it and planting a seed. You know, hopefully. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it goes back to the... Uh, to that Gandhi quote saying, be the change that you want to see in other people. Yeah. So yeah. for me, when I say something like, listen, you, 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 you get to stop being a victim. You get to stop being a victim. And how do I know that? I know that because I stopped being a victim. Oh, yeah. I stopped looking at the world and thinking, what is the world doing to me? I can't remember the last time I did that. Yeah. You know, like, me what either. is it that's coming to me? Because you know what? Look at my apartment. I have this apartment. And I'm not saying it's the greatest, grandest place on earth, but I live in this place. I got my my landlord gave me new carpeting and new new flooring in the other room. I'm covetous of that chair. That chair is a beautiful chair. But 
looking at all that and saying, how is it that I'm able to do this? Okay, you know how I'm not able, you know what doesn't help me do this? My SAG card, my after card, my equity card, because this is all not equity, <laughs> SAG or after. This is me going out and saying, I travel around the world, I teach improvisation, oh, yeah, yeah. I teach theater, I perform theater, I direct theater, I do all these things. Why? Because that's the direction that my life has taken. Yeah. And if you're looking at the world saying, why is this not coming to me? One of the answers is it is, and you're not seeing it. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, every day I have to. This thing happened to me the other day. I don't want to get into it during Gay Pride, which I wasn't going to go to. But just, just suffice it to say, like the way the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, is taking care of me has been because I've been looking for it has been so profound that I like bounce from one thing to the other, almost like a like the charmed life of Sam Pancake. And guess what? We all have the charmed life of Sam Pancake mm -hmm. if we look for, if we right. just accept it. But we it's all so, like, have the charmed it's, life of Sam it's, Pancake. It's being there and you're not seeing it. Like I, I have to keep remembering what I'm just like is right there. I'm putting my hand near my face, ladies and gentlemen, uh -huh. as if to cover it. What is right there and I'm not seeing it. Right. And that's like, yeah, I just have to, this, I'm doing, I've been doing this whole other story, some healing work with this friend of mine who's a healer. Um, we're kind of just an experiment to see what happens because I don't feel there's no physical problem, but it's been kind of an amazing experience. But the la she, what, what I was left with in the last session was like be a leaf on the river and the path of least resistance, which is usually, which is such an important lesson because usually, and I'm in general, especially since Sobe's Sobe's times, joining Team Sober, mm. trying to be, um, not force things and make things, you know, just like just be calm and peaceful and serene and just letting life happen and unfold in front of me right. and being taken care of by whatever you want to believe in. And it really has been working. But the path, I have to every day path of least resistance. My problem that I run into, I'm dealing with now is people that I like, romantic stuff is my bugaboo right now. We're like people that I, which I haven't been through this since the 90s, where people that I like, don't like me back the way I want them to and the way I feel they should. And that's the only thing that's kind of sour right now. And that's, so that's my lesson now. And I'm like, what? And this thing happened yesterday. I was like, it was such a, a God shot, as they say in AA. That I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was asking for this one and I got it in spades. Right. And, right. I, and I saw it and I was like, and then I saw something else. And I was like, oh my God. So, and even if you want to believe that that's not real or, or like just not you, but I mean like people, the doubters, the haters, like want to believe that that's not a part of some kind of plan or whatever. Are you saying the manifestation or the, the, the manifestation, the, the mindfulness of the it all? The mindfulness at all, but right. like it's working for me. Right. It's like this healing work I did with my friend because I had another friend that totally poo-poos it. It was like, Mrah. guess what? Same friend that doesn't want to, that's a total victim. Right. Um, and I was like, I don't know what the whole story is. I don't know what this class she went to. She told me about it. All I know is how it felt. You know how what felt this healing work that she did okay, and the uh -huh. experience of having it and what happened afterwards and it was it's, it was just really profound and um and uh you know what and, and you can't i can't if i could say that to my friend and he can take it or leave it i'm not trying to force it on him right it's just the fact that this friend that did it we have very, we were both very close to and it's just it's just interesting to observe but also the thing is dave and i'm kind of using this one friend as like a as it's a, a good example. A fulcrum of like all these people that are like this. I think that's also why I kind of get a little bit like, I, I think about it too much, <laughs> maybe. As like, because it's a person in my life who's a touchstone who I feel is a sort of like, like not, it's not going great. I'm like, what is the difference? And what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? And how can I help him? But what can I learn from this? And it's been such an interesting, um, an interesting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? not spectacle, not conversation piece, but an interesting item to observe, an interesting observation point into um, uh, someone who's not doing any work on themselves at all, who is physically and like gorgeous and has so many physical attributes and talents and like still, for whatever reason, is just, just uh, having a huge midlife crisis. And it's very sad, and it's hard to observe. You know? Is this person in therapy at all? No, no, no. Right. No, no, no money for that. Money right. for these shoes, but not money for that. It's right. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, boy. I just don't even know. It's, 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 I, it's a long story. I, I, I understand, but I think everybody knows somebody like that. And, and it's someone who I, I and I'm, I'm, dude, I'm good at disconnecting from people or like cutting off toxic friendships. It, this isn't toxic, but I've pulled back, and it kind of keeps getting pulled back in, or I would... But also, the reason they keep getting pulled back in is when you say, what is, what can I learn from this? It's 
there's also the phrase, what is my lesson here? What, which yes. is really the same sort of thing. Yeah. But what can I learn from it? What is my lesson here is, it's, what can I learn from here? Assume, what can I learn from this? Assumes that you've got to reach out for it. But what, what is my lesson here? Says that you're in the middle of the class. <laughs> right, yeah. So yeah. at that moment, when he does this thing, when he, when he continues this, mm, this journey that he's on, yeah. uh, when yeah. he, as he continues this journey that he's on, you get to look at him. I mean, that's a blessing in your life. You get to look at him and you go, oh, okay, what am I doing? What is it that I'm doing? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's also someone who back in the day I was very envious of in terms of his physical beauty. Isn't you know? that interesting? Yeah. And it's, it's been interesting to also, um, I think what my lesson, I'm thinking my lesson is, is that it's that AA thing of like, you just, it's attraction rather than promotion. You just are trying to live your best life as best you can and day by day. And then you are like, uh, not, you're modeling this good behavior. You're right. just a good example. Example is the word I'm looking for. And here's for. another thing that happens when, when that happens is you, you start... You start attracting people who are, are of that like attitude. Absolutely. And then once you start attracting people that are of that like attitude, those other people go to the wayside or yeah. they enter into that with a more of – that, that's a more populated area of people that are positive. Am I making sense here? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. in that way, all that all that, that could do is um, keep building up a strong foundation of a healthy way to look at the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I don't know what's going to happen to this guy. It's kind of sad, but it's, it's a lot of victim stuff. And, um, it's, and there are other, I will go into now, but there are other situations, there are other circumstances as well, but nothing that would, that means that he shouldn't just get his shit together. I mean, it's that thing of like the broken record of how many, how many years can you listen to someone? The same things, give him the same advice. And it's, it's really frustrating. And he's, he, and so easy for us to say are we beautiful and wonderful and just talented <laughs> yeah right it's it, it's it's like the more that you repeat it the more that you get you, it you get it yeah the more that you repeat it the more that you get it yeah right so it's just an example of that i think we all have awesome examples also i think we also have awesome examples also of um <laughs> things that we just sat back and said this i'm gonna be taken care of in this way oh i'm worried about this i'm worried about this you go wait a minute i'm gonna be taken care of in this way yeah yeah. And then we are. Yeah. Absolutely. That's been my life a lot lately of like deep breath. Do you see your, your, your the Glendale Venice? Is that the place you... Glendale Venice Hospital is where I checked in. And okay, I fine. Detox. Do you see that as a negative or a positive? You know, it's funny. I, thank God, had a good friend who is in Al-Anon, um, a wonderful girlfriend who came to the hospital to bring me stuff. And I said to her in tears, I said, and this isn't one of my super, I love her and, and she's a wonderful person, not one of my closest friends, but which it, even more was better coming from her. Just someone who didn't, who I wasn't quite that close to, um, got closer to later through the program stuff. But like I said, I can't believe I've come to this end. I can't believe I've come to this end. And she's like, it's not an end. It's a new beginning, which is the, the simplest thing in the world. And so it might sound trite or whatever, but it was, it was, I heard it. I got it. But the thing is that that's what has to happen to your photographer friend. Yes. The bottoming out. And like he, I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, what he, he is, it's been, and I might as well go all the way with it. I'll never hear this. Um, is I, I bottomed out through drugs and alcohol and thank God I had the sister who um, helped me get into the hospital and I have good insurance, thank God. And, and, I, and I also knew to get my shit together because in pan, my brothers and sisters, except for one of them, you just have to get your shit together and, and we're overachievers. And so, and, and I wanted to, like I am very, I wanted to save my life, obviously. Mm. This friend of mine is, I, it's, because I said it to my sponsor, I was like, is it possible to bottom out a, a, about, over being the adult child of alcoholics, which is what he is? And they're like, oh, absolutely. And I'm like, that's exactly what this is. And it's so much trickier. Won't go to Al-Anon, won't go to a program, won't go to therapy. Yet. Any of it. Yet. Anything with the word God in it. He is so atheistic, which is fine, but you can still, I was like, just say love, just say good energy. Like now it's, it's oh my God. It's like, what do you have left to lose? You, you're losing everything. Obviously, he has more left to lose. <laughs> Obviously, he does, right? Isn't that crazy? It's so hard to sit back and watch it. 
It really is. But at the same time, you've done everything that you could do and you continue to do, do everything that you can do because you're not enabling him. No, I'm not. I, no, I'm not. You know, what you're doing is what you're doing and what you're doing is you're modeling it. We and go back to the concept of the mentor. Yeah, we go yeah. back to the concept of the guide. We go back to that. It's interesting. He was a friend who I who was up, had front row seats for the worst of my alcoholism. A lot mm -hmm. of very few people saw it. Uh -huh. He did. Um, and he was, and I was like, oh, he put up with it for so long because he's a child of alcoholics. Right. And um, who never, who, who parents who stopped drinking but never did any program. Um, not that that solves everything or anything, but like it was just, just horrible dry drunks. But um, I know them. And um, it was so, he was so in the thick of the drama of my, of my alcoholism and the bottom and the hospitalization and the rehab and angry and upset and just took it all such a victim. He was a fuck. Come think of it. He's such a fucking victim about my work after I made my amends and everything. Not so interested in my recovery. Doesn't ask about it. Isn't that interesting? Well, it's not interesting so interesting because it's about his life. Absolutely. It's not about you. Absolutely. We're, we're around him a lot. One of the reasons I pulled away is like, never asked me, how are you? How are you doing? Maybe twice in two years. I said like, How's it going? They never asked me about my AA means like doesn't very ignorant of it. Does he ask you about anything about anything? No. See, really. that's it. Yeah. Who wants to be around? It's that? so hard. And he just continues to not get it. God, I didn't really come to a therapy question about this friend. This is why I'm getting into therapy next week. Well, I, but this I, thing's coming up for me. So clearly it's in the it's in the air for me. And it's and it's it's such an it's such a life lesson. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's it's your life. But to go into that and to say, why is it that you keep hanging out with this guy? Yeah. That's one. And I'm not, I'm not here to answer that question because I think a lot of us have those people in our lives where, why do I, what is it that I get, keep getting out of this? Yeah. I don't very much. It's like, it's sometimes it's someone to hang out with. He, I've, it's a lot of history. It's a lot of like, we got invited to this thing together, so we're going to go. It's kind of that stuff. Right. I, I used to see him almost every day. I don't anymore. Right. And I, uh, like the other day, he just was at my door. I'm like, hey, are you in there? It's like when I talk, you know, like, oh, come in. Right. <laughs> okay, let's stop there. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my, that was really God. Good. my God, that's good. I know we're going to talk about it. My God, that was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Today's episode was sponsored by Italian based blues band Veronica and the Red Wine Serenaders. Winner of the 2013 European Blues Challenge. For more information on their new album, The Mexican Dress, you can go to their website at www.redwineserenaders.it. Now the summer is going away, like your daddy is going for good. I never felt so dark gone down when I wanna kiss my over and mind. I have a simple cue for my soul that free my mind, my heart, and I know my dancing shoes are red and shine. I wanna boogie all over tonight, and I'm gonna dance this blues away like the preacher gonna let me sway. Hold my hips, grip me tight, we'll live our dream. And I'm in summer night, I'm gonna wear that Mexican dress, put some flowers in my hair. Silver rings, red lipstick, there'll be a party downtown tonight. There'll be a party downtown tonight. There'll be a party Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy for Dave Rizowski. I'm Ian Foley.